devoured by dark water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of war. Hey everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast and I am Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gene Ippolito. And it is important to say the name of the show, who you are, and your personal names at the start of every single broadcast. Podcasters or aspiring podcasters at home know this. Every episode is somebody's first time and they don't know who you are. And this is your one chance to impress them. Come for the G.I. Joe and cartoon talk. Stay for the podcasting tips. This is knowing is half the podcast. Thanks for the tips, Jane Lynch. And takes on Twitter. Good night. Wait, what? What? Jane Lynch tweeted that she doesn't like my voice on Twitter. Wait, and what? You personally? I mean, she she said female podcasters. Oh. She said our tone is not pleasant. Dang. I mean, it's not, but for her to say that, that's <laughs> rough. Wait, who's the oh. pleasant podcaster? I know it's not me. Yeah. She's uh she's she's like halfway getting torn apart, and like the other half is like dudes agreeing with her. Her tweet, I'll read it. It says, I love women. I am a woman. <laughs> Our voices are higher than men's voices. Women's voices can get into the annoying area if it gets too high. If you're doing a podcast, consider lowering your pitch a tad. If you think I'm being sexist about this, then I don't know what to do with you. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Okay. So I don't, you know, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, if you have a very, very high-pitched, like, you know, right. natural We're voice. Right, the sexist standpoint on this. I would advise <laughs> you to cut off your sentence uh, there because I will absolutely blackmail Gina, you. Let me, let me finish my sentence, please. Please don't. If you right. have a naturally high-pitched or, as Jane Lynch would refer to as a shrill tone about your voice, I think you have a better chance to make it in the world of podcasting because you will stand out from all the people who follow Jane Lynch's advice and lower their tones. And by that, I mean lower their standards. Wow. Wow. Everyone who tunes into Knowing Is Half the Podcast next week, I will be replaced by Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> Holy shit. Can Look, you get Dennis? Yeah, we've been, we've been working on that for years and we've never been able to quite land it. Here's the deal. Gina, I love you. You're a very close friend of mine. <laughs> I would throw you over in a hot half second for Dennis Haysbert. Holy Okay. Shit. If one of us is going to be replaced by Dennis Haysbert, it's clearly it clearly has to be Ray. I was actually thinking it would clearly be Chan because if you don't have oh. a white guy, do you have a podcast? I see. I see. So you're just replacing one black man with another black man? Wow. Again, interchangeable, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you were going to replace Gina. <laughs> Gina understands, though. She knows that life is hard. <laughs> this business is rough. It's show it, business, not show true. friends. It's, so. It is a known fact, though, that any woman on a podcast is uh, uh, immediately replaceable by Dennis Haysbert. That is <laughs> that is a known podcast. It's a truism. Truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. said by everybody. You take you take a podcasting class, and the first thing they say is, "Look, if you have Dennis Haysbert, don't need a woman." Okay. Step two: turning <laughs> on your computer. 
Yeah. I do. Yeah, I wonder I'm if Jane... respond to Jane Lynch right now about Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> I wonder if, if Jane Lynch has heard the Fran Drescher podcast, which I assume is very shrill, uh, but also great. hilarious. Or have you actually listened? Is it does it exist? A B. Have you listened to it? Look, I just made that up, but I bet it exists. Probably does. <laughs> Why wouldn't Fran Drescher have a podcast? Uh, honestly, like I think you will if you will listen to most podcasts that I am on, and I have been on many. I will start down here and I will be talking like this. And by the end of it, I'm like talking like this because like I just naturally drift up into the upper registers as I get more excited. Um, So like I feel this. I feel this deeply. Uh, I wish she didn't say women. I wish she just said like, hey, people with high voices. And that includes y'all tenor males. All you uh, men with the high pitched voices. Take it down a notch like an octave or two. A lot of the comments are you could have literally just said like like when you're podcasting take take your crap down an octave yeah. but instead you chose to specifically say women which yep, is yep. like where it got sexist yep, yep. <laughs> and i would point out that Please not only right. did she say women nope. oh sorry when i start nope. a podcast i start way down here no, and then work my way that. back up that is never every episode I mean, of this truly, show then people would be able to start telling telling you two apart I feel like I exude an anti-rayness that you could easily <laughs> distinguish the two of us. I'm uh, blown away. Now, maybe six years in, our regular listeners Gina, can, can seven, tell Seven years in. It's been so long. It's been since whenever Boboli pizza crust was invented. Since before so the we, invention of Boboli. We, we have always been. We are eternal. That's what I am hearing. I still don't know how. And the, granted, that was, a, that was a comment from like year one of knowing is half the podcast. I can't believe anybody listening to the show still has difficulty telling me and Robert Clark Chan apart. Look, I still I, love it as a bit, but I just don't think it's possible. Look, I will say I I brought this up on the last show, but I'm re-watching Buffy and I'm re-listening to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, which is a Buffy podcast. Fun, fun. It's great. I I have stopped trying to tell those two chicks apart. Uh, Their voices are very similar and they have the same, like they have very similar vibes. I mean, they're married. So obviously like, you know, they, they, they like similar things. If only one of those shrill women would lower their voice in (laughs) octave. I mean, their voices are lovely. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I have never been able to tell them apart. Well, I mean, and I, I no longer try and I just think, Oh, well, whoever just said that is funny. Yeah. I mean, like I listen to a lot of, I listen period. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Many of them are hosted by two women, uh, many of them are hosted by two men, and if they're uh, peas in a pod, essentially, I mean, if we're talking uh-huh. like in improv terms, like it doesn't matter. They're yeah, both if they're both in the same you know register and and pitch and tone and all that timbre, then like cool, like they're they're talking to each other and saying things, and I don't need to tell them apart. If there is a specific like I'm the crazy one and he's the cool one, uh, then you're going to hear that. Uh, Wait, so now you're talking about you say clearly which which one is the crazy one and which one is the cool one. I'm clearly the cool one. I have that is that is absolutely look, I listen to a lot of podcasts with three white dudes on them. (laughs) And I I it doesn't matter if I can't tell them apart. I agree with everything you guys are saying right now. I think I think the the Buffy podcast would make would break Ray's brain because it's so (laughs) gay and it's so woman. 
It's so oh, woman gay. I, tell you, I listen. I, I tried really hard to get into listening to uh, role playing podcasts, like people role playing like a, a game, right? Yeah. And I listened to one, and there were four main characters, uh, you know, player characters, and it was one guy, and it was three women, and I'm like, cool. And the problem was, each of the three women, uh, to what Gina said, they all kind of had the same uh, mannerisms. Their characters weren't particularly different from each other. They had the same vocal inflections. So as I'm listening to each episode of this show, I swear to God, it was like there were only two characters. <laughs> right. One First was of all, just an amalgam. Well-established on this podcast that you zone out when women speak as, yeah. as evidenced by the fact that literally 100% of my interesting points you, attrib- you attribute to Chan. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because I could see how you could confuse me and Ray. I don't see how you could confuse <laughs> me and Gina. Look, there's no, a very it's, it's Ray's but, brain shuts down when a woman speaks, but some stuff seeps through. But when it's a good point, his brain goes, it can't possibly have been made by the woman. I'm going to assume the only other dude here made this point. Yeah, that's no, a that's great right. point, Buzz Dixon. And my point back, <laughs> I it actually is- don't listen to um, uh, those those RPG podcasts. Those What is it called? Real play? Or live play? Or yeah, play. I just, you know, role-playing uh, podcasts. You know? Yeah, because I feel like you need real good actors, real good voice actors even you more. You really do. Uh, so that you can have, like, these distinct characters. And a lot of it is just, you know, like, hey, they're having fun and playing. Great. But, like, in an audio context, you really need that distinctness. And then if you're going that far, just make it a a, a narrative podcast. Right. You know. And, it, hey, who would do that? <laughs> An idiot. Only an idiot would make a narrative podcast based on an RPG, for God's sakes. I could detest you'd have to be really effing stupid to put yourself through that. I will tell you right now. Not a smart choice. No. In fact, a terrible one. Uh, And good luck to anybody who tries. I mean, here's here's the important thing, though. There's tons of money in the narrative podcast. All the uh, money and effort that you sink into it, you're going to get it back a thousand fold. Tan, Shan, this is the first time I've cried openly on the show. I'm assuming that's how you tried to sell it to your wife. Who, I mean, who, who said any, who had that conversation? She even know that you're making a podcast. She's in it. I think at this point, she would rather you have an affair. <laughs> oh no, that is that is a well-known fact in the house. Like, at this point. like you just keep disappearing for an hour every night, and she's like, please, for fuck's sake, let it be an affair this time and not another stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, but to be fair, we're talking about a show. We have ten, ten minutes in this episode. We have to, to, Pirates of this Dark. This is all water. gold, though. It's, no, here's the deal beautiful conversation but i want to make sure anybody who's listening for the actual concept of mm-hmm. the show yeah. gets something out of it yeah, if this is your first time listening um it's like this every time it's, it's <laughs> very much this is it Turn you've heard up. what the show you is. don't need to be here come on go listen to uh reclaim detroit uh vampire the masquerade podcast which i hear is very good and uh possibly will not destroy a a, a marriage <laughs> Like if you're just gonna keep selling it, but I it can just will look it, back it will episode. destroy our our uh, number of listeners if we keep plugging it for the next thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. 
But seriously, go check out that show. Pirates of Dark Water <laughs> was a cartoon show of the 80s. And nope, 90s. already wrong. Is it not? Was it not like 89? Let's get nope. the thing we're really good at. Here's wrong information. No, I honestly thought I watched it back when I was in the 80s. When did this show come out? One of you must have looked it up. 91 to 93. All right. Well, that's basically the 80s at that you, point. The, oh, my God. I. You, there, there's literally, there's a thing called Wikipedia. You could just pull it up <laughs> before you start talking out your ass. Why would I do that when I think I know what I'm talking about already? Uh, I... I n- am reasonably certain about the date of it without checking because it felt like at the time uh i was i was getting up there i had you know moved past children's cartoons but i was very much into comic books and so i was really looking for um you know that sort of uh i I was looking for animation to grow up and comic books and people to accept that cartoons and comics can be for adults, man. I wasn't an adult, but you were doing anime at this point already, right? Uh, I I dabbled in it. Uh, It was still real hard even back then to uh, find anime, but you'd seen Akira by like 91. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like uh, star blazers had made it its way and Robotech into my head, like as a kid. So, you know, I had some of it. Uh, but this this came along and it was and uh, honestly, I never watched it, but I heard from a lot of people that like, oh, yeah, hey, we're taking it seriously. And it's a, something that is kind of mature. And, it, you know, it's not just like cat and mouse punching each other in the face. So you feel you feel real stakes in the show. Gina, you did you ever watch this show back in the day? I did not. Uh, and when we started watching it, I was convinced that we had watched it. But I guess it turned out we only. We only did like we listened to the theme song for the theme song throwdown, which is so strange because there is no theme song in this show. Can't believe they spent so much money on this, just like the the voice cast and like uh, everything about it. They spent so much money on it, and they're just like, I don't know, crap something out for the music. I mean, there it, it barely exists, but but there is on the Wikipedia page. It says there's an opening narration, which I don't, I don't. Maybe it starts later or something like that. But it's well, the it's the, the whole very thing was cool. narration. It was there was well, yeah. What the hell? Gina, what are you talking about? The, the whole the thing was narration. Episode, there's narration. I've in watched what? several episodes at this point, and now I'm getting confused. No, with, right at the beginning. Uh, let me see. Thirteen treasures. Alien world of murder is being devoured by dark water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of war. It you know what's on. really funny about this is it reminds me of the uh, the intro to Dragon's Lair, the video game. Hmm. I was going to say that that whole that little sound thing, if you consider it a song. And then that narration reminds me of like older video games for sure. Yeah. yeah. Dragon's Lair. You are Dirk the Daring. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just kind of kind of fun. Speaking of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, like the early score to that just sounds like uh cheap ass synth music that they had in the library. And you know, just <laughs> you shut the, the your mouth, music. sir. Good shit. <laughs> no, I mean it gets good eventually, but even like the uh the theme song is like really sparse and spare. Uh, that's gold no until that until the big dong bell comes in i i'm not impressed you're a dong yeah i'm never impressed until a big dong shows up on bell end uh but (laughs) thank you uh yeah this this is the same thing with like the real basic synth that you know like 
it's supposed to be like a swelling orchestra, but it's just like. I think this was like slightly after the time period where they did really banger theme songs. And that's why this was like, I mean, you know, granted it's around the same time as like X-Men. So there were still bangers, but the, the era of like saying exactly what's going to happen in, in an awesome song, I think had sort of passed by this point. Yeah, I guess. I wrote here that I just thought it was a really good intro. Like it does the things that Chan likes, which is it tells you who these people are and what they're doing. Now let's watch them do the thing they just said they would be doing. And yeah, I'm yeah. Great if with this that. was made in 1983 instead of 1993, like it was. that that opening narration would be sung, <laughs> and there would be oh, like a great yeah. great beat underneath it. But because it serves the same purpose as like you know, let's say like gummy bears, for instance, where they're like. Along with the secrets of gummy bear juice, this is like the alien world of myrrh is being devoured. But like, I could definitely see this being like, and the aliens are destroying myrrh. And unlike a crew of misfits at his back, evil pirate lord. Yeah. I mean, and you, a monkey bird. You throw in some uh, rocking guitars behind that, I'm in. Yeah. That's what I'm Miss, talking Miss about, but I don't know who suggested this for the theme song throwdown. It it does not have a theme song, so it should not have been in there. No, it's I, an intro. It's not a theme song, right? That, yeah, that's, but then that's why did we listen down. to it for a theme song throwdown? Is what uh, I'm because we made mistakes, Gina. <laughs> I, be- I believe it was a patron, and I believe they apologized afterwards. They're like, "I'm sorry, I remember it being cooler." I'm like, "Yeah, it happened." Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I bet they were remembering the cool narration, thinking, "Oh yeah, that opening was dope." Because uh, again, if that narration was set to a banging tune, it would be dope. The narration itself is very well written. Yeah. yeah. And this is the pilot episode. It's called The Quest. And the first thing that really strikes me is, you know, they, they're setting up this world. It's basically like a water world, uh, effectively. I don't think yeah. it's a water world. Because, like, there's people on a coast, and then there's pirates, and, you know. like yeah, But they say that, like, the world has been flooded by water. No, no, no. The dark no, water no. is coming. D- dark water is not, is not, no. There's all this water in the world. No, there's there's literally they're just on an island. So if you just consider like any island to be the same as water world, which it definitely isn't. I do. uh, uh, Like otherwise, like everyone in Hawaii lives in a water world hellscape. This is just this is this is a world that has a series of islands on it. Dark water has nothing to do with actual water. So, but it's dark and Ray, it's water. Ray, you're Hold batting on. zero. You got the date wrong. You got the plot wrong. <laughs> now why is okay? Then why is Saturn so close to this planet? Because that was also very upsetting to me. This I, is a different. This is a different universe than our own. It's this an is alien world. It's water world on Earth with Saturn being right next door to the planet. It's 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 uncomfortably close to the point where I can't believe people aren't flying off the planet and landing on Saturn. I think you might have uh, watched the wrong show or been born very stupid. Mm, Why not both? (laughs) So there's a guy on a boat and he's he's in the storm and there's a big old lighthouse and we meet our hero Rem. Uh, whose mom is yelling at him, get down here. You can't, like, there's a storm. Don't be an idiot. He's like, ah, but there's a guy and he's out there. And I'm going to go. Isn't that his mom? Nope. Who is it then? She's the she's the woman in the lighthouse who cares for him. Okay, his caretaker. Uh, but but uh, like mom. like it's she's basically a mother. 
Because uh, uh, you can't be a mom. He, she's been taking care of him the last 17 years. But according to Gina, can't be a mom. Wow. Get Look. the uh, <laughs> wow. Kids okay. who are adopted don't have real parents. Yeah. Oof. Thank you. I didn't realize we had Marjorie Taylor Green on this podcast. Bro. This is no, uh, outrageous it's to me. It's, it's about to become relevant to a note that I'm going to say. Because because their relationship is more just like she runs the lighthouse and he's, he's her ward as opposed to a... That? a Parental Adopted kids one. don't have love. That's what I just heard. <laughs> wow, that's really. I gross, stand by it. I stand gross. by it. <laughs> um, but, but it's but here's the thing because they're like this old this old man on a on a on like a very very tiny boat that Ray sort of breezed by is he's he's boat. he's very worse for wear. He's he's very skinny and scrawny, and he looks like Mr. Burns when he was sort of Howard Hughesy in that one Spruce Moose episode of The Simpsons. What I don't understand is like they're they're in a lighthouse. There's someone who's crashing up on the rocks. He's like, "Hey, I think I see someone." And the woman's like, "Uh, g- cut it out." Just shut oh, that was upsetting. Don't worry about that was it. So yeah, upsetting. he's not a very good lighthouse keeper, but he I mean, to his credit, we we learn everything we need to about him. In again, this is like pretty good writing because he's he's basically like he throws a light on and and his not adoptive mom is is sort of like, no, I'm sure it's fine. And he says, no, if there's someone out there that needs help, we have a duty to help them. So you're like, oh, great. This is a good dude. And then old scrawny Howard Hughes man does indeed like crash up on the shore. Yes, he does. And Ren goes running for him. And then jumps. we get we get a very, in my opinion, weird scene. Well, I mean, he, he jumps down uh, he, down the rock face and ends up pulling him out, saving hold on, him, hold pulls on. him on the, You're the shore. over the fact that there's some goddamn acrobat bar in the lighthouse for um, reasons. Yeah, I'm beginning to suspect that maybe the woman was right. Every time he's all like, "Oh shit, there's somebody out there." Wee! <laughs> oh, no, dang, I guess because- I was wrong. Wait, there's someone else out there. It's clearly because Tomax and Zaymont built this lighthouse. Thank you. I was going to say this lighthouse is an extension of extensive enterprises. This shit comes naturally. (laughs) Thank you. Also proving it's set in our world during a water world. No, I think the G.I. Joe world is set in a different dimension. But also now I'm just picturing Tomax and Zaymont being like, yeah, all right. Well, we got the job done. We got done a week faster than we quoted yet. So make sure you mention that in your Yelp review. Also, through an acrobat bar, free of charge. Uh, I don't think we need... No, nah, no, nah, every lighthouse has to have an acrobat bar. Don't worry, free of charge. Put it in your Yelp review. I'm not going to lie. Mean, yeah. If someone... If we had a handyman come over here and install an acrobat bar, I'd be like, yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> Who in your house is using an acrobat bar, Chan? Here's the thing. He's only four, but he'll learn. And if he breaks his neck along the way, well, you know what? Uh, We'll learn. We'll learn a valuable (laughs) lesson as parents. And uh, this is this is why we made sure that when he finally got, you know, a a, a place uh, uh, that it was going to be on the ground floor. We had to make sure he wasn't (laughs) up in the air because of the dangers present. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so he saves the guy. Uh, Okay. He saves the guy, and we cut over to an evil pirate, uh, an evil pirate whose name is, I don't Bloch. know, Bloch. And this Bloch. is Tim Curry. It's truly disgusting looking. And it uh, is Tim Curry, just for the record. This cast is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, 
Uh, I don't think Bloth is Tim Curry. It, it's Brock Peters. Brock Peters. That sounds yeah, like a fake name of a porn you're, star. You're thinking of Conk, who's a who's the short fat pirate who doesn't speak that much. But that's Tim Curry. Bloth well, is that's not Tim absolutely Curry. outrageous. You're you're all, really all you need to do is pull up the, <laughs> the Wikipedia page. You know, you're, Gina, you're some of us live dangerously. At this point. Some of us like to live dangerously. To be fair, if you have Tim Curry and you make him a pirate who doesn't speak very much. That's that's just wrong. You yeah. did it wrong. No, I mean, here's the thing. Clearly, clearly, when they were pitching this, they wanted to be able to say, and we got Tim Curry. But Tim Curry was like, look, I've got 10 minutes to film the entire season. So <laughs> who are you making me? And they're like, fuck, all right, let's just make him this pirate because that's the only character with few enough lines that we can still have Tim Curry and mention him in the pitch to the network. <laughs> And they just just had him go like, yeah, R, <laughs> get him. All right, thank you very much, Mr. Curry. Uh, side note: there is there is a new It documentary, It the miniseries, not the knockoff recent movies that were made. A, a documentary of the TV movie from the eighties. Yeah, the miniseries, and it looks amazing. Uh, and, and it's God, what is it on? Uh, but like they, they got like, it has everyone. It has, it has Tim Curry in it and he's doing the voice and they're talking about how like, you know, they could only go so scary and how they originally like wanted Tim Curry in a mask. And he basically was like, look, if you're putting a dude in a mask, this is not my role. If you want my like normal fucking terrifying face. I will do this. Smart guy. The smart <laughs> like you guy. Can put makeup on me, but like if you're like you're like basically like he he convinced them they were going to waste him if they were. But yeah, it's it's on Screenbox TV with a 4.99 subscription, and I, I I've never considered like signing up for <laughs> a streaming service just for a one two hour documentary. But the pilot, the, but the the trailer looks awesome. And I was watching it like I saw it was trending on Twitter. And I was like, why is this trending? And it looks dope as crap. Go, go. So wait, it's, a, it's a documentary about the making of the original miniseries. Is that what yes. I'm getting? And I re- and I realize okay. that that might sound boring to some. <laughs> but no, rest assured, but- it is not. To be to be clear, though, the monster is not actually real, and this is not a documentary about the actual monster that could come and eat me. It's a documentary about clowns. Yes, <laughs> uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can just rent it and then no. Oh, really? Cancel the subscription after what or whatever. Yeah. Oh, did you just look that up real fast? Yes, I did because I have a goddamn computer right here. Well, yeah. I'm looking just at Wikipedia, the tweet. Gina. I'm looking at the tweet from John Squires, and he he's saying like is now streaming exclusively on Screenbox mm. TV. Well, John Squires like someone go fuck himself. He's a liar. Born. No, you're probably. Are you sure you're not looking at one of those Amazon channels, Gina? I know how to internet. I don't think you do because it says exclusively. Uh, maybe it's exclusive, kind of in the way that Trump's marriage was exclusive. <laughs> I got two words to respond to that, Gina. 
Grupo Bimbo. Grupo Bimbo. Grupo Bimbo. Let's see how many inside jokes from before we started recording <laughs> we can fit into the show. You guys, Grupo Bimbo is the full name of the Bimbo Bread Company that owns Boboli Italian Bread Shells. Now you're caught up. Uh, <laughs> for which was submitted in '82 and was accepted in '84. So that's how long Boboli Bread Shells have been around. However, Gina will insist to you that Boboli bread shells are something that has always been and always will continue to be. Mm-hmm. We spent Long. literally 10 minutes on that conversation before we started recording today, and I've been waiting to insert it at some point during the show. <laughs> and now, how do you feel, Ray? I feel really good about myself. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Uh, so let's talk about some of the cast, though, really quick in this show, because, of course, we got uh, Frank Welker, the G. We got yeah. Tim Curry. We got Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime, Dick Godier, Serpentor, uh, Jim Cummings, uh, who's Darkwing Duck. Uh, we got Rene Aubergenois, Ob- uh, Odo. We got Odo. <laughs> and we got Michael Bell. We got Duke. Uh, and more. Uh, so, There's more so names there were two. There were, there were two different voice casts for this. Uh, they're slightly different. So there was like originally a, a sort of like mini series a five episode mini series interesting that was sort of like the network's almost like proof of concept and then uh they had a full first season where they redid those first five episodes oh weird so so some of those some of those like for instance uh you know niddler in the five in the original five episodes was voiced by Roddy McDowell. That would have been, then they replaced him with Frank Welker in the TV series. So what we watched was the TV version, because I don't even know if the original five episodes are available to watch anywhere. That's Uh, wild. You know, like I Oz was voiced by Hector Elizondo in early episodes, but then Jim Cummings in later episodes. Uh, you know, like, so there, there's a few different, there's a few differences. Also, Neil Ross is in there. Gotta love some Neil Ross. Uh, Neil Ross is everywhere. Jody, Jody Benson, who Ray did not mention because he hates women, but is the voice of Ariel, the little mermaid. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. All of the above. Uh-huh. And, and the voice of Ren is, uh, George Newburn, who does the voice of Superman these days, like currently, and also did the voice of Sephiroth. In uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children. So this this cast oh. fucks is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he that dude was like, I, I knew that dude as like a regular actor, not a voice actor. Uh, yes, he does both. But I'm glad that he's he's gotten into. Look, all you need to see is that he was on an arc of Law and Order SVU. And that's how you know he's legitimate. I mean, he was the he was the he was the groom in in the original Father of the Bride. I Boom. used to think he was very cute. Wow, there it is. So we are roughly sixty seconds into this episode and half hour into our podcast. So let's keep going forward it's because you're crazy- getting shit wrong. Yeah, Listen, that's on you. If Ray. we stop the show every time I get something wrong, we'd have overblown episodes that go way too. Oh shit. <laughs> You would think that, I mean, you can't, you're like saying things with such authority and you're getting every single thing wrong. Yes, I'm a white guy on a podcast, Gina. What about this don't you get? You know what we really need is another white guy on this podcast. I think it would help because then there'd be two people spouting misinformation. (laughs) 
And Gina, you couldn't fact check it fast enough. I, I mean, it's. I also did my due diligence and read the Wikipedia page before we actually podcast. Which is so like, I knew... out of like 500 episodes, this is the first time you've ever done that. No, I do, I, that I do that every, every time. I do that every time. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm wrong again. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, a moment happens here early on that tells you you're not in Kansas anymore on this TV show because the evil pirate is very unhappy with the fact that we find out that the old guy escaped from his ship and 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 got away. So he sends a red bird, monkey bird thing to go and retrieve the guy. And the, the jailer uh, who said, I've literally been in your service for 17 years. I have held this guy in your jail for 17 years. I've done a great job. For one moment, I turn away and he escapes. And the evil pirate Bluff literally murders him, throws him into like an army of darkness style death pit with monsters in it. And, and I'm like, oh, he's legitimately a now dead character. That's wild. Welcome to 90s cartoons, kids. I mean, here here's the thing. To be fair... If your if you, if your excuse for letting someone escape from prison is I only let them escape from prison once, you should be murdered. Once every seventeen years, I think you're. I think <laughs> once you've made it seventeen yeah. years, you get an oops moment. Then then so what? Every prisoner is going to escape every seventeen years when you go take an it's extra long crap. That's not it your. Fun. You you can't you can't prison halfway. Can you imagine I, that being your job for 17 years is like watching one dude? He knew what he was getting into when he signed up with a well, blue-lipped fish-faced pirate man. Yeah. To be fair, what do you think assistants in Hollywood do, Chan? It just feels I mean, I don't even know why we're talking about it because like under, you know, our current capitalist system, that's how it works anyway. It's like, Thank you know you. what? Uh profits are a little slow, so we're going to throw you into the constrictor pit. Like what? I've been working here for 17 years. Yeah, but you know, budgets and whatnot, you know, it's uh I mean he, I, I'm he a, did a bad job. He had one job and he did not do that job. So that is when you get thrown in the pit. Uh did that boss consider the enrichment of the employee himself? Like maybe if he gave him more responsibilities, then he wouldn't have failed nope. this one. Look, if he years. if he didn't like being a pirate, he should have gotten a different job. Wow. I'm just saying we des- deserve upward mobility. And if that was what he was stuck with, like he probably was still getting paid minimum wage. Here's the thing. This old man prisoner is very close to death. Like even before he's tossed about on the ocean. I mean, you don't know that. He could have like, they could have been the, the no. ocean. I think well. he's got, he's like got the look of like bed sores about him. Like he's, Maybe he- he's. Like I maybe, said, very Howard Hughes end of days look to him. Well, maybe so he just got scurvy on not... the ship over there. Maybe that's what happened. He was fine. Then he got scurvy and that'll get you. I mean, all this jailer had to do was keep him jailed for, I'm going to say like another week and that dude would have died. <laughs> but here's the thing. This is, this is the weird part. Uh, uh, because up until now I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. So the old man, you know, like he, he, he gets saved by Ren. And Ren is like, oh, old man, you okay? And and the old man is like, oh, my son, like you're you're Ren. It has come full circle. Uh, and Ren's like, oh wow, that weird old guy died. And he goes back to his not mom, and is like, that old guy died. And he was like, hey, oh, my son, full circle. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that was your dad. And Ren is like, okay. 
and then moves on immediately. Not no, only but- that, but also it turns out he's the effing king, which basically makes him the king. And as you say, it's like, yeah, okay, well, I got a job. I'm going to go do this now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. The 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 lighthouse lady is just like, oh yeah, that was your dad. You're the king. You have to go on a quest now. And he's like, oh, interesting. A quest, you say? And she's like, did you hear the part where I said your your long lost dad, who you haven't seen for seventeen years, you just saw him? Does that? Do you want to take a second? Do you maybe want a tissue? And he's like, no, no, no. Tell me more about this quest. Well, this is why I say that you are a monster, Gina, because that is 100% his mother. Even if uh, he said, no. if he knows that, like, she's just the person who raised him, like, he, his, his life is full. His emotional, no, no. he has what he needs. So when someone comes along and is like, hey, I'm your dad, I'm like, okay, cool, man. I haven't seen you since uh, I was born. So uh, let's have a little chat and then we can move on with our lives. Not like no. that happened to me. I'm just saying. You're, no, first of all, you're a weirdo. Second of all, this woman also clearly has no feelings for Ren and he has no feelings for her because when it's time for his quest, he's just like, peace, old lady innkeeper. And she's just like, ah, I got to go make dinner. Like, I just no, say, there is no just, touching moment between them where she says, like, oh, be careful, I packed you some sandwiches, uh, make sure you bring a coat because it might be cold on the open sea. You notice and how Gina's touching no moment was food. About, he asks her no questions about his dad, by the way. Like, if, if like uh, this is to me, this is the most unrealistic thing about this. It's not <laughs> the flying monkey bird. It's not that there's a man with blue lips. It's that he doesn't immediately say, like, oh, wait, hold up. First of all. Like, what was his blood type? What kind of movies was he into? Did he leave me a letter or anything? Like, also, like, his body's rotting on the beach. I feel like maybe I should do something for him. Yeah. Someone will clean that up. (laughs) I I got questions about this moment because do we know that she actually got a good enough look to verify it? Because it seems like she didn't even know there was a person out there at all. They were crouched down, like, behind a rocky outcropping, and she stayed in the lighthouse the whole time. Is this not just her first chance to ditch him? She yeah, just grabbed some random She's... broken sword and said, oh, yeah, yeah. This, is from, this is from him, and you got to go now. Yeah, she clearly, she, that's what I'm saying. She has no feelings for him. So the old man gives Ren, like, half of a broken sword, and the, the lighthouse keeper is like, yeah, all right. Okay, so I guess it was your dad. Uh, you got to go. You've been here too long. See, uh, anyway. I see it different. I see it as like he's like 29 years old and still living at home. And <laughs> no. this is her chance to get rid of him. It's not that she doesn't love him. It's just you got to go. No, he's supposed to be like 17. Uh, uh, but yeah, he has this sword. And now and now the lighthouse keeper is like, all right, cool. Uh, you got to you got to go do this really important thing or else like the realm is doomed. And he's like, oh, cool. Uh, all right. A quest by lady whose name I haven't bothered to learn for 17 years. And then he gets snatched by a monkey bird. Well, to be fair, he was also told to find somebody named Alamar. That's important for the plot. Yeah. Delicious, delicious Malamar. Malamars. Oh, uh, I, I thought that yes. on the reels. It, the one uh, issue that I did have with this whole thing is that it felt super rushed. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I get that it's a pilot and, you know, we're trying to slap all these, you know, people together and get them off on their thing inside of 22 minutes. Uh, but it felt like given the scope of the show and the fact that they are doing things, you know, a little more, more maturely, like let's linger just a moment and have, you know, some emotional affect so that we can start to care about these people. 
Um, that being Chad. said, I think Chad, the, the whole no, vibe of this thing is is like swashbuckly, you know, um, adventure action, and so they don't want to they don't want to linger on feelings because boys don't have feelings. Thank you. I mean, a little bit of that because like <laughs> the stuff they do is so Errol Flynn, you know, like thank you forties throwback. That, oh, you know, his dad's name is Primus, which I'm surprised no one has has mentioned. I haven't got to it yet, but yes, it is indeed uh, um, uh, a three piece with an awesome bass player, and uh, <laughs> they all wash up on shore. They sing they a lot about a fish, so that's <laughs> they say we're your dad. Yeah, wait a minute. Does He's that mean that he was sailing on the Sea of Cheese? Yes, yes. This is okay. the Pirates of Cheese Water. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, uh no to be fair uh, 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 uh a few different things here uh i had some great points to make and then i got this i got sideswiped by the pi- primus joke yeah run over and i got completely run over your, right your there your brain can only focus on one thing at a Moving time on. oh no I, I was just gonna say chan we have a pilot a swashbuckling arrow flynn style pilot that is gonna have pirate ship uh sword fights it's gonna have a monster pit uh, fight it's gonna have mystery gems we're gonna meet a giant monster later who's cool and you say ah i really wish they would have spent 20 minutes at the lighthouse talking about their feelings yes i do uh, i would have i would have settled for just like one line where he's just like oh my god my dad and then his not mom is like shake it off bitch and that would have been great you that could definitely great. do that at a commercial break being like oh and then you come back from commercial and like there's no time for that you know like because- yeah that's all i want i just want to see that he's somewhat affected by the fact that this dad who i i don't know if he thought he was dead i don't know i don't know what he thought but he, but he he thought he was just like a poor intern at a lighthouse like mm-hmm. he thought he thought he got an internship as a baby no and as a lighthouse keeper he's been interning I mean, again uh uh into the capitalist mold this totally tracks like you're going to sell your baby you know to have good prospects in the future and yeah they're going to have to shovel coal every once in a while but you know you can do what you got to do you can't afford to feed all these mouths it's a lot of mouths to be fair um and if you make it 18 years on this crew you get a pension yeah so you got to get them out after 17 are you telling me that that are you telling me that dead that guy who got thrown to the monsters was just two weeks from retirement. Yeah. He was literally the Danny Glover of this episode, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so uh, Primus, I saw Primus the king, his father. There's a prophecy. This is when the bird grabs him. The bird can talk. The monkey bird. They go to the boat. Uh, the old man hid 13 treasures, and they've spent the last 17 years trying to get information out of him, and he's given them nothing. Maybe change your tactics. If it hasn't I mean, worked for 17 years, it's probably not working. Also, like, kudos, because I'm assuming that they tortured him. And, like, if anyone just threatened to torture me, I would be like, yeah, I'll tell you whatever you want. Like, I don't I don't want to be tortured. But this dude lasted 17 years under what I can only assume is, like, all sorts of fingernail and eyeball and butt torture. Wait a minute. And he, and he withstood it. Simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that, like the the monkey bird. You know, I love uh, I I love Frank Welker. I feel like he, you know, he sort of got among men. De- like m- makes the average age of the viewer decrease on this show. He's a little bit too kid kiddy to me, and I get that this monkey bird is supposed to be very much the comic relief. 
Yeah, this is one hundred percent. What's that? This is one hundred percent Orko. Yeah, yeah, and, and to me, it just it it read a little. He reads a little too goofy, and I think a lot of that is the is the voice that Frank Welker gives him. It's that a monkey said, bird. It's a monkey bird named Nibbler. Nibbler. And I just I, 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 Nibbler. Yeah. Um, D's with D's, not Nibbler. D's. Even though I was certain it was Nibbler, Nibbler, I did write Nibbler in all of my notes because I'm like, but that's Futurama. Nibbler is a better name. Yeah. It's just it. But, that, but Futurama had Nibbler. So yeah. This had eight years Nibbler. later, I'm rip aware. off. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pirates of Dark Water did it first. I will say that this character is basically a serial mascot. Yeah, yeah and he's he's constantly hungry. So I I mean I like the fact that he's basically his loyalty goes with whoever will feed him because that's that's who I am as well. Like I'll be like, yeah, I don't I don't care. I'll I'll switch I'll switch voting parties if you give me a sandwich. Uh but yeah, his whole bit is that he's like, yeah, I'll do this one thing for you and then you have to feed me. <laughs> yeah. This tracks. I'm fine with all that. No, like, and the 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 captain uh uh was gonna kill the bird, and he and then the bird bites his hand to get away, and I'm like, oh, the, it, it, what's gonna happen? And then they end up like flinging weird cobra lost shit at him. Yeah. Like, I don't understand yeah. this, but like, they have cobra lost shit on this boat. It's what organic, does that mean? like flying bugs. Yeah, they have like organic weapons. Yeah, like they they shoot these little uh, splorches, like- ovipositor <laughs> eggs, basically at the mast at one point, and then it like acidically eats through the mast. And I'm like, fuck, this is what Pythona attacked the base with. I will say um, what I really wish this did because they did, you know, like sort of push the limits of you know children slash family animation at the time. Um, and I wish they really went hard with that because one of the things that I think does still work about um, some of those cartoons from the 70s uh, or like He-Man still sort of has like some lingering hangover of that is this melding of magic and science and sort mm-hmm. of creepy uh, bio uh, uh, influenced designs, you know, things that just seem weird and gushy and you know uh, awful and if they had done more of that because yeah like this thing is the monkey bird is a mutant and i don't know if they explain it later but like it's weird it's already deliberately weird like let's push that a little bit like uh, a bloth is like really strange looking and shaped like give him a few more i mean i don't want to say like uh kenneth mcmillan like boils like from dune but like make him even creepier give him like a lobster claw for one hand or something and i think are you it seems like you're forgetting that these are all aliens like this is an alien planet so so none of them are are like earth human earth humans which is why i'm saying just i I think there's a whole but you're saying nidler is a mutant but i think there's a whole i think one of these at one of these islands just has a whole bunch of Nidlers it's on it. specifically said there is a line where uh, he is called a mutant. So I... Th- I he was I called feel, a mutant, yeah. I feel like either he was created in a lab or there is some weird... Man, you know, what the fuck are labs thing. in this world? What are you talking about? This is a water world. That could have just been a uh, an insult because I assume that there's a whole bunch of Nidlers. Might be. Uh, but I, I just, irregardless, I think, uh, that if they had sort of pushed that aesthetic, it is something that would have stuck around a little harder. 
Uh, That's a fair point. No, I get it. Well, I guess my question is, did you think that Bloth the pirate was too good looking? (laughs) Yeah. Chan got a super boner for Bloth. Yeah, this is not an attractive person. <laughs> and they really make a point. What is this like half an eyeball poking out of his head and stuff? Like, I mean, he was not he was not attractive unless you think he was, in which uh, case I, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I like to look at what's inside a person. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, because inside he's fabulous. By which I mean, yeah, I, I want him uh, vivisected and I want to see his. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, well, he, he throws uh, Rem into the pit. And Rem did a thing earlier that they pay off again here. I like the fact that they set it up where he takes this little like uh, uh, vial thing, pours it into the water uh, and then ignites the water because that's just a thing. It's like some ability he has with it's this thing. oil, dude. It's oil. He it's spilled oil. it and then <laughs> yeah. he set it on fire. The water yeah, wouldn't just catch fire like that unless there was some mystical property, no, even if he poured like, some oil on alien it. alien lighthouse oil. It's like, it's like how this alien planet keeps their their lighthouse lit because he, he yeah. does it earlier. But this is a very this is a very uh, uh, Star Wars in the garbage disposal moment because he's thrown yes. down here and there is something under the water that wants to do stuff to his fingernails, eyeballs, and butt, because that's what he got used to over the years. Yeah, yeah. Granted, uh, this is a different character, but he felt it through his father. No, no, I'm saying that this creature is probably is probably how they tortured his dad in time. Well, it's got three three prongs, so there it is. Um, <laughs> it's right there. Uh, I will say, I did like this monster design because they get you thinking it's one thing, and then it's another. They reveal at the very end, and that you have three tentacle mouth things. Uh, which are all horrifying. Look, my fears of tentacles came out big time watching this. I felt very unnerved. I mean, and he's being attacked just, by these three things. Yeah. I, anytime you get the uh, mouth in a mouth thing, I'm just like, yeah, I've seen it. Alien HRG. That's the thing is you get three whatever. tentacle monsters with mouths. And then at the very end, it's revealed that's his tongue. And it's a bigger tentacle with a mouth. And I was like, fuck you. It's the Russian nesting dolls of tentacle mouths. And then it turns out that that was the penis <laughs> of a giant. And that was what I just blew, blew my mind. You know? uh, yeah. Among other things Bloth. wait why does bloth try and kill why like like niddler did exactly oh okay oh, because he sent niddler after the dad he's at niddler yeah. after primus yeah. and niddler who is a fucking monkey bird he can't be expected to tell human beings apart no but he one of them was the son, dead which is still just as good if you ask me because the dad is dead yeah it's and better he says, here you go i brought you a human and bloth is like wait i asked for the old one and niddler's like young old who cares feed me uh, and it's I, like, hey, it's his son. Like you, you scored. Him. But then Bloth is like, I'm going to kill you, only living monkey bird who I own. I think, uh the information that is missing here is that he also has 17 years of service. At 18, he's going <laughs> to get that old pension. Okay. So, okay, yep, yep. Like, yeah, you got to go established, established the kid. No, I thought that was weird because like he. Uh, if the if, if the if the monkey bird would have said, "Look, the guy you sent me to retrieve was dead. The last person he talked to and maybe spilled his secrets to was this other person who I brought you." I still feel like the pirate captain would have been like, "You failed me." No, yeah, like he, he did. He used the tools at his disposal and knowledge within to do a good job, or at least as good a job as possible. He made good decisions in an uncertain environment and should be rewarded with food. 
Yeah, uh, Roth is too rash. And if he keeps going through his crew like this, I don't know how he's been pirating for 17 years. I don't uh, yeah. know if you've ever had a bad boss, but if they tell you to file the uh, T4X report and then the policies change and you're now supposed to file a TX9, you file the TX9, you're going to get called into your manager's office because we say, I told you to file a TX4. And you're like, yeah, but the policies change. It's like, Nevertheless, I'm still going to have to write you up, report you to HR, and this is going to be a black mark in your record. I'm sorry, you will be passed up for advancement at the next, um, what's that thing where they, uh, evaluation. That's a word. Uh, and that's when you quit and and go with the next pirate you see. And then you post it on anti-work, uh, Reddit slash anti-work. Yeah. <laughs> at fuck you, I quit on Twitter. Yeah. Um I will say, like, what is wrong with the rest of these pirates on this crew? Do they not realize that, like, they have no security here? They're all, like, laughing, being like, yeah, throw that, kill that bird. Throw him in the pit. And it's like, dude, if you look at this guy wrong, you're the next one in the pit. No, see, that uh, tracks. No honor among thieves. So it, it tracks that, they, that they're that they short-sighted and don't and, and aren't worried about the, the long term. Yeah, but Roth is supposed to be the the brains behind this whole operation. So you would think he would realize that he can't afford to be down two two people or two creatures at this point. It's almost as if someone were to attain a high rank of power and mm-hmm. began to wield it poorly, would start firing people as soon as they said anything, and yet because he was so uh, charismatic? Question mark. Maybe just such a huge piece of shit. Uh, he experienced no loss in his political support and was able to continue trying to run for president again four years after he got his ass kicked out of the white house it, it, mm. i mean it could be anybody you're talking about right now you know yeah, I, I would I'm also not, i'm not I, following I, th- I honestly though i think bloth could probably kill a man on seventh avenue yeah and 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 his supporters would not care i think we've proven that yeah. on this show um i also think as long as as long as he's hurting the people that we want to see get hurt we're okay if occasionally one of us also gets thrown into the pit. That's how that works. It makes sense. And I could be talking about obviously just Bloth and no one else here. Anybody, anybody named Bloth. Could be anybody. Any could be any bad boss. Garbage pirate uh, with squinty eyes and uh, weirdly colored skin. Chan, yeah. he can hear you and you're going to start hurting Ray's feelings soon. So he's completely bald, but pretends like he's not. Oh, geez. Wow. You got real up in here. Look, I like having Michael Bolton hair, Chan, and I'll have you know it. I, I'm i just looking at this picture of Bloth, and I was like, oh, I wonder if there are any other parallels I can drive this home. Let's see. What, what. Well, since we've already discussed what a handsome man you think he is, I think I'm in good shape right here. Um, moving forward, Rem try. Thank God. Uh, Rem tries to climb it's the sails. Ren. It's Ren with it's an N. With How an M, you, isn't it? You, you're not... calling him Nibbler. You're calling him Rem. No, because what Ren, is wrong with your hearing? Ren is a character with Stimpy in another cartoon, Gina. You can't have two characters with the same name. This is the Nibbler dilemma. All you can't have to do is just take do a cursory glance at the Wikipedia page. I'm not going to do that. You I, don't, I like to come up. in fresh. I don't it's like not to fresh. have. It's rotten. I like to have. I like to have no expectations coming in, so I can see it with fresh eyes, Gina. I don't need have, to do research. You could have watched the cartoon and then read the Wikipedia page. No, I would have. I would have had to change my opinion based on what I read. See, I got to record first, then look at Wikipedia afterwards. 
this or not or not do that at all gi joe will return after these messages what follows is a teaser for season one of reclaim detroit a vampire the masquerade audio drama from the mind of ray stacanus reclaim detroit will debut in july 2022 wherever you get your podcasts for more information go to at vampire detroit on twitter and now there's some weirdo satanist out there or something that you might have heard of i mean there are but this doesn't sound like one of them this is detroit 1996 for a long time the savage sabbath vampires held claim to this area that is until four years ago when mcmasters and his camarilla group infiltrated the city then kicked their asses out i still can't believe your clan lets you call yourself tory there are no rules for us anymore we are who we want to be right now i want to be tory it's a little audacious though isn't it hey audacious is my middle name (laughs) yeah wait is it Why am I in the back alley of this gin joint? It turns out that the best way to gain knowledge is to invite the city to your secret club and film them the entire time that they're there. Who knew? (laughs) I work for you Camarilla folks too. But you also work for them. It's an underground gothic club for kindred. The lady would prefer tiki torches and Christmas lights. Some loudmouth drunks thought it would be fun to break in my domain and cause trouble tonight. They were wrong. There's something out there. Search for the traitors of rule. But beware. The traitor's no good to a dead man. Bloth and his wicked pirates are on the attack. So the wraith is armed for battle with a boulder hurling catapult. It's a deck, Kong. A power blast harpoon and a mainsail glider. You're stuck, Bloth. The pirates of dark water. He stays separately. Now back to G.I. Joe. So the bird and monkey bird ends up helping uh, our hero. Uh, oh, by the way, the name of this world is Octopon. That's the name of the oh. city. Octopon. I believe we established the world's name is Mer. Uh-huh. The world's name is Darkwater. No. It's a water world. Dark water. Is <laughs> and it's very close to Saturn. To destroy yeah. Mer. We're all on the same page. So uh, we end up getting taken. Uh, he convinces the bird to take him to the Abbey of Galdemar. To look for food. I will say this is the point at which in my notes I had to put these names are really silly. And I understand, (laughs) like, it is what it is. And if you read any fantasy novel, you're just going to get a litany of goofy ass names. I think I'm just aged out of it. Like when I was I mean, it's definitely not any goofier than the names in The Lord of the Rings. I, I was literally about to say, you got boffers and bofers running around Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Not Bofors. How dare you? 
Boffers, Bofers. Know your hobbits, Ray. <laughs> I do know them. Their name are Boffer, Boffers and Bofers. Because it's very similar to each other. And it's like, what are you doing, R.R. Martin? You bub. Uh, he, so he, I asked this guy, he says, are you Alomar? And the guy says, oh, God, no. But here's a necklace that finds treasures that I just keep locked away here for the first person who 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 just who just wants to talk, <laughs> who just makes a human connection with me. That's all I needed. Here's the necklace right here. I'm going to take you to where Alomar is. And it turns out that Alomar is goddamn Godzilla. And I am here for this. No. <laughs> it's, it's OK, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> he is a giant fire breathing Godzilla monster and I think that's delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it is kind of it is kind of nice because we're really establishing like hey, this is kind of a crazy world, a completely different world, even your expectations of, you know, like uh expected like a a sage old man. It's a yep. giant ass dinosaur. I'm I'm yep. kind of into that. So we have established this is a crazy world where anything can happen. It, it, you know, uh, the, it really hit me when we saw uh, Nebula, the monkey bird, and we we had this character suddenly after being around for three scenes start talking on the bridge of the ship. I was not even considering that this would be a creature who would talk because up to this point it hasn't, and then it just does, and that tells you, okay, subvert your expectations. You you don't know what to expect. This is a water world. Oh, I hate everything about what I you mean, just said. The world has 20 seas, and most of the action takes place on various islands, but it is not a water world. The world mm -hmm. has 20 seas. It would be really easy to guess on Wheel of Fortune. Oh, my God. What? Oh, yeah, I see what you did there. Make a lot of money on that I one. I wish you hadn't, but here we are. <laughs> So Alamar is Godzilla, and this is very, very exciting. The pirates attack. We turn out that there is a prophecy. Uh, Alamar says, he says, I'm going to uh, fire breathe on these pirates. You guys get out of here. Yeah, and, I have and it pulled up on the Wikipedia page because because it's actually kind of it's I, I did again. I dig this writing. I think it's kind of lovely. It's yeah. it's 13 treasures of ancient time. 13 lessons of rule in rhyme to find the jewels in secret places. Follow where the compass faces. If returned from the shore beyond, a new day dawns from Octopon. But if they should fall into evil hands, darkness descends on all the lands. For these riches too shall vie in the realm of dark water where the treasures lie. It's rad. Yeah, yeah it's rad. I, I think that's pretty cool. Like I like I could I could picture reading that in a fantasy novel. Yeah. Right next to Boffers and Bofers. Still not a thing. Brandy Bucks. <laughs> Brandy Bucks is a thing. They're all a thing, Chan. <laughs> I sold a Hobbit miniatures game. I know who these people are. <laughs> uh, my point I'm trying to make here is that there's a great fight that happens between a bunch of these pirates, and there's a lot of them. This is not that big of a ship, although it is kind of a big ship. Uh, now that I think about it, in comparison to the dinghy they end up riding out on. Um, huh. Oh, boy. And so uh, uh, they attack. What's wild here is that the dragon fights them. They just take these hook ropes, rope around him like a steer at a rodeo, pull the dragon Alamar down to the ground, and then he just fucking dies. Like, yeah, he, just, he dies, right? He just fell over. Like, yep. he didn't, they didn't 
stab him. They didn't like set him on fire. They j- he just fell over once and he's like, I'm cashing out. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Maybe he's maybe he's uh uh it's like that scene in the elephant man. Like maybe he can't be laid down because his mass oh. is so great that his heart can't handle it. Interesting. I mean, here's the deal. Uh, I would have I would prefer Gina's exposition in the show to explain this because basically the way it appears is he's like, get out of here. Get out of here. He fights him. He falls over. They come back to save him. And he goes, it's too late for me. Yeah, this this honestly made me sad because he's like such a a sweet, gentle giant. Like he looks really grumpy and he sounds really grumpy. But when push comes to shove, he wants to save Ren's life, who he has only just met. Yeah. And Ren, again, proving that he's the hero, d- refuses to leave him. But he, yeah. he still dies anyway. And I was sad. I, this was something that I did like. Given their time constraints, you kind of have to show rather than tell, you know, who this who these people are. And the fact that uh, every time when someone needs saving, uh, even when he should bail, and even when they're like, hey, I am buying you time. Go mm-hmm. now. He still comes back. I'm like, all right, we're establishing, you know, his character and why he is a hero, even though like legit hero. Yeah. All he is, you know, he was just a lighthouse keeper until just like six hours ago. Um, well, his mom kicked him out. I mean, finally, <laughs> <laughs> he's not a slacker. Um, I, I did. I did like this. I thought there was a real yeah. economy of storytelling. that was nice. tell that to the Scarface poster in the lighthouse. Chan, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, his uh, favorite movie is uh, Fight Club, and that's never a good sign. <laughs> thank yeah, you. I will say that one of one of the things this show does well is like they make it clear that Ren is is the is the hero and that he's he's doing everything right, and they make it clear that Bloth is is bad and irredeemable. But there are many other characters in this who are very morally gray. And I and like Nidler is is the first example because he's been with Bloth for however however long. The only reason he saves Ren at all is because Bloth wants to kill him and he's like, "Hey bitch, I'll save you if you give me food." Like he's not doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He just yeah. wants food well, and he knows that he needs a human to get food. Well, I think and then he we're comes- about to meet two other characters who are both morally gray throughout morally this. Gray. I think I think the bird comes back because he's like, "Oh, this pirate tried to kill me. He's trying to kill this other guy. F that pirate. I'm going to save this guy because I can." And then he 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 turns it into a, a oh since I've got you here yeah yeah I mean he yeah he's he's very he's very you know like he's looking out for number one opportunistic he's, is the word yeah, yeah I like it and, I like and it. sort of greedy uh, which is why he always wants food. I, so yeah it's, it's opportunistic it's, we don't have to keep rehashing greedy, wow. greedy is different than opportunistic mm, see greedy is what people say when they have food in their belly but you know what. When you're hungry, you're going to make some uh, gray moral choices. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, you here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page and it says Nidler is usually depicted as a little greedy and constantly ravenous. For wow. Food. Wow. wow. Much. Uh, you know, when I get my seventh plate at Golden Corral, you can call me greedy, Gina Ippolito. <laughs> I say I paid my money and I'm going to get my fill. Look, here's the thing. He's not the old man in the beginning. He's not underfed. He's got a little paunch. Like he's he's doing fine wow. on the food front. And as we see later, he gets his fill of food and he still wants more food. Gina, I'm but- right here. I'm right here. You're going <laughs> to fucking talk about me. Say it to my face. <laughs> yeah, Every G- character here is drawn like one of you. 
Spoiler uh, alert, Gina hates on a character who always thinks about food. I never thought I would no, see this. I wasn't day. I literally started this by saying I like that these I like that Ren is surrounded by morally gray characters because I think the fact that he's so heroic, it has it you're 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 the danger you're facing is being like, "Ugh, oh my god, like we get it, dude. Like it's good versus evil." But yeah. like it's it's him like pi- like piloting a ship surrounded by dudes that are like kind of on his side but are also clearly out for their own interests and i think that's more interesting because then then it's about like is he going to make them better people or are they going to drag him down where are we going with this yeah. I love this. I love this a lot. And you're right. It's fantastic. He saves uh, uh the monkey bird with a flaming arrow. I just want to put that out there cuz it was cool. Uh mm-hmm. and I liked it. Um at this point, oh, no, another fun thing. They end up going to this tavern. And I love this because monkey bird's like wearing a disguise. <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing like a robe a and robe. a cloak yeah. with like a, a over uh, over his head. And oh, I'm like he's just yeah. walking on two legs and I thought that was super fun. <laughs> I thought just he was just me. like I thought he was just wearing a coat. <laughs> no, I, I love that though because he's worn no clothes up to this point. It's a little bit like when uh, uh, Timber Snake Eyes' wolf was wearing that hat and sunglasses <laughs> and dancing with them. Like everything about it was delightful. Oh, and a possum tail. Why was Timber wearing a possum tail? During, <laughs> did that help his disguise? I don't know. My point is, whenever you put one of these cute animals. Uh, with a punch that Gina hates in a coat <laughs> and you pretend as a human, it's a little ET situation all over again. And I love it. I, I just think maybe it was just a little chilly in the tavern and he just wanted to bring his coat. Uh, and the part where the uh, 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 s- server was like, get your filthy monkey ass out of here. I can't believe mm-hmm. that we allow you to, s- that we don't have separate counters for your kind. Okay. Wait like, a minute. But I don't recall this part. I no. saw this very differently, Chan. What I saw was them taking up a table during rush time at a restaurant and not fucking ordering anything. The server is 100% in the right here. She was very upset because she's like, Are you guys going to drink or eat literally anything? This table is worth money. Money I am not making because mm. you're sitting mm. here looking at a map, no. not ordering no, no, no. or getting anything here. Can we no. fucking do a thing? And they're like, I need more time to look at the menu. He's a goddamn Fuck server. Fuck she off. has definitely been there at 1130 at night when the local theatrical production at your high school or college gets out uh, and all the kids come in and sit down, uh, order one basket of fries uh, for the entire table and like uh, 14 waters. And you know what? I'm well, just going to have to take that. And at least oh. one of the people there at that table will be kind enough to tip you at least the cost of the fries. So what happened to you were just talking about shitty jobs and now it's suck it up working class. <laughs> Nobody wants to work anymore. Robert Clark Chan. <laughs> uh, they should work for uh, theater majors is all I'm saying. <laughs> Look, having been on that, on that table <laughs> that ordered those fries, <laughs> it was embarrassing then. And I just didn't know it at the time. Uh, it is, it is, it is, it is a tragedy. It is not acceptable. If you are listening to this at home, don't effing do that. Yeah, Make don't fri- do that. I don't care if you're 16 years old. Yeah. Um, buy some at the grocery store and make them in your oven and sit at your kitchen table and do it. Don't is, do it at your local diner. This is why we'll still tip 20 to 30 percent uh, to this day because, uh, you know, still paying off that karma. Uh, I will say this is the first time that Ren does something 
kind of dishonest. Uh, I think he was talked into it by Nidler. No, they realize that they they realize that they need a crew if they're going to get this treasure, or if they're gonna if they're gonna save the land. And so they work out this whole ploy where they they see someone who looks a little, I mean, he looks a little shady, and they say that shady guy will probably help us. And then they loudly say. They loudly start arguing over all of this treasure, and they have this treasure map, but oh, we can't read it. And this was this was a little underhanded. Oh, I don't. Oh, think- I love this. I love this. Chan, go ahead, and I, I got some thoughts. I'm not yeah. saying I didn't love it. I'm saying it's the first time we see him do anything slightly dishonest. Disagree. I don't think it's really dishonest because what he is doing is he is letting the other person's greed take mm-hmm. uh, over. And he's just he's just saying like, oh, hey, you know, like we've got a treasure, which he's not wrong about. Uh, the the map is kind of fake, but this very much feels like something that a morally upstanding person would do uh, because no, a morally upstanding person would say, hey, I need help or else the realm is going to fall. They wouldn't trick someone into thinking that there was actual spendable treasure that they could get. Ain't nobody going to go for that. He treasure know? is treasure. He's what good. I love about He's this, dumb. they're sitting there. They can't figure out the map. They need a plan. He looks over and sees this guy just like watching them fumbling with the map. And he's like, this dude wants to mansplain so bad. <laughs> so he does. He does the thing where he says the, uh, 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 do you see her about this? Where uh, uh, a woman uh, didn't know the answer to something. And then she intentionally posted the wrong information because nobody was helping her when she was asking for help. So instead, she posted in the forum like something that she knew was completely wrong on the topic. <laughs> and then 50 people came in and gave her the right answer. Like, <laughs> did you know about this is what he did? He says, like, I, I can ask that. for help. This is not they're not going to help me. So I'm going to offer up a suggestion where some guy can come over and mansplain to me. And that's exactly what this pirate guy does. This is magical. And I loved it because he's sitting there and he's just like, man, I can't figure out this map at all. Which side is North? Is this North? Oh, I think this way is clearly North. The guy comes in like, y'all, that's not North. This is North. Oh, and I'm like, that's effing brilliant. Use the mansplaining against him. Yep. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It, it is a little uh, like underhanded because, as you say, this is not going to be spendable treasure. Exactly. So when uh, they start uh, uh, haggling, you know, like 50 50, like, well, it's going to be 50 50 and nothing. But yeah. Uh, okay. You know what? That's a very fair it. point. I'm still into it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. treasure is treasure, Thank though, right? Thank you, Ray. Thank you for explaining what I said, Chan, and then Ray agreeing with you instead of with me. I said you were right, Gina. Because, here's the deal, though. Treasure you is treasure. You said I was right find- after Chan agreed with me. Before that, you said I was wrong, and then Chan said, hold up. Let me re-explain what Gina just explained. It's because We'd- I'm so charismatic. I mean, Chan, you made a great point the entire way through. What was I, I talking about? Um, no, they're going to find other treasure along the way. It's not like this is going to be just like 13 trinkets and no other adventure or no, prizes. There, First of all, he doesn't know that. Second of all, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this this dude, this dude, his name is Ayaz, voiced by Hector Elizondo. He is a pirate. Like he that's what he does. He steals yeah. things. Yep. Uh, so and yeah, we, it's, immediately it's, we find out that this is the case in a thing that I, I, 
I sort of got that vibe as yes. we were out. I'm like, yes. oh, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> they start getting chased by the actual owners of this boat that he says is his. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I like these guys. Yeah, like this it. is this is the Han Solo character. 100% yeah. this is Han Solo. Uh, I think Wikipedia even ex- describes him as a rogue, a rogue and a pirate. <laughs> uh and and yeah and he he much like han solo has a ship that he got under under uh questionable dubious circumstances yeah exactly i love exactly. it yeah to what chan said uh you get the vibe that something's off with the way he's he's approaching this ship it's he's called also the pretty sexist too as we as we come to find out Oh, yeah. ab- well, it's that's that is a trope among sailor types uh, that they so you're find women on it because boats. Because it's locker unlucky. room talk, Ray. <laughs> well, listen, this is just how guys on boats talk. You you're know, explaining uh, tropes in animation to me, Ray. <laughs> I'm explaining. I'm explaining nautical tropes. It's completely different. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I will say, you've worked in animation. You've never been in the navy. <laughs> uh, I, I for for all that uh, uh, we're talking a little bit of trash about uh, the woman have- here who shows up just like popping her head out. Uh, Her whole thing was like, man, my waitress job was boring. I know I will go risk my life on the high seas, stealing shit from other people. She's going to be a pirate. That's, that's not uh, how you do it. That's yeah. I I will. I will say, I will say there's, there's more to this character. Oh, I Uh, that's sure. not that's not actually the reason she stowed away. She's lying to them. Oh, oh well. Yeah. The plot thickens. She, she's so, also she's also an ecomancer, so she has the ability to control both the elements and biological life. She is searching for something. She's Captain Planet? What the fuck? Uh uh, but but she she this is why I'm saying they're surrounded he's surrounded by morally questionable, but she stows aboard lies to him and says she wants to get away but but she's actually that's actually not the reason she stows away question i have how did she know what ship to stow away on to hang out with these guys considering the fact that he stole this ship from other people well i mean she's paying attention yeah and also they tipped shit so she's probably like i'm gonna i'm gonna catch up these motherfuckers i'm gonna pick her pockets i'm gonna do whatever i have to do yeah, I, I assume them. she. I assume she followed them, saw which ship they were heading for, and then and then like climbed up the side because she's very quickly revealed as one of the most capable ones on this. Oh, she's ship. definitely. She's right. a much definitely. better sailor than Ayaz, as much as he hates to admit it. Uh, but yeah, she's she turns out to be sort of the, the most the most practically capable among them. She well, is the Princess Leia, if you will, of this of this trio. Oh my. She's a reverse Mary Sue. She's uh, a Oos Eram. Is that a thing? I, I, I like a good Oos Eram in fiction. I'll say that right now. It's one of my favorite other tropes that I'll have to explain to Gina later. Jesus, Gina, keep up. Don't you <laughs> Come on. look it up? Look it up on the fucking internet. Jeez. Uh, um I mean, but yeah, this is actually this is actually delightful for me because uh, like I said, it's voiced by Jodie Benson, who voiced The Little Mermaid, <laughs> and she's a great Wild. voice actress. And in this, she talks about the sea a lot. And every time she does it, I was, I was just like Little Mermaid. Like she's <laughs> like, I want to be on the sea, and I was like Little Mermaid. It's a Little Mermaid <laughs> thing. You're making Didn't Little li- Mermaid references. <laughs> Did the Little Mermaid come out before this? I forget exactly when Little Mermaid. I think came. it was yeah, 1990. Uh, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah, 89, and then this is 91. She went from Ariel to this, which is also like, that's extra wild. 
Uh, uh, that's super, super fun. Uh, Tula. Tula is her name, right? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. I got one. I got one, everybody. Tula. 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 Yeah, she's she's great. She's great in this. Uh, uh, I I think that based on how the character is drawn, if this show were to be made today, they would hopefully cast a diverse woman. Uh, but mm. I guess we got Hector Elizondo for Ayaz, so we can only really hope for one. I mean, Mediterranean is as diverse as we got in 1991. So I mean, the, the main character is an elf with pointy ears, isn't he? So like, we have you know, we got that. I don't think a, Ray understands diversity. Uh, pointy ears. Like, I don't have pointy ears. Now, you can fix that. <laughs> Not since anyway, the incident. They, 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 they reveal their uh, thing. They get, the, they, get their first, uh, uh, they get their first treasure. And so he uses the necklace. It shines a light. And they're like, there's a gem up there in this tower way up there. Bird, go get it. And, uh, and so Monkey Bird goes up to get it. The pirates... This is maybe the most precise catapult I've ever seen in my entire life because they shoot it from quite a distance away. They're being chased by pirates, the big old pirate boat with a block. They shoot one catapult shot, which dead on impacts the tower where Monkey Bird is right away. And I'm like, that's precision shooting. Good math skills. People on that evil pirate ship. Y'all got it. I mean, you want to know why Bloth is still a successful pirate after he keeps killing off his crew. There you go. He's a hell of a gunsman. I like this. And so uh, we think Nidler's dead. Uh, We follow an airboat chase and the bird comes back to the boat. Here's the thing. I have to read this because it's, it's very cool. Uh, Both of these things are very cool actually, which, and we, we don't find anything. We don't find this out, at least not in this episode, but the fact that they, that the writers put this amount of detail in the, in the show Bible is pretty cool. So Bloth's ship is called the Maelstrom. Cool. It's a warship. It's built from the bleached carcasses of Leviathans. It's huge. It's a gigantic ship. Uh, uh, and below the main deck is a labyrinth of passageways, sewage lines, holding cells, and slave quarters. Wow. Uh, whereas the Wraith, which is the stolen ship that, that Ayaz is pirating, uh, is, is piloting, uh, is it says and it just says the series bible says this so i don't know if we ever learned it in the in the thing but it says it was built from with lumber from the mystical trees on a remote island and that the lumber still retains the life force of those trees making the ship seem as if it is haunted or has a mind of its own that's a pretty cool detail that's rad as hell yeah dang Hey, good job, writers of Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah. <laughs> I give it up. Tip of the hat. Uh, uh, they they get the gem. It, uh, uh, the monkey comes back to the ship. The gem is in his mouth. We got treasure number one. Let's look at the necklace. Okay, that's where treasure number two is. It beams a light in that direction like it's a it's a Skyrim spell to take you to your next objective marker. And I kind of I kind of really dug that. And uh, they end up going off this. Uh, it's hard to explain, really, but there's like a, 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 an o- a raised area of water and then water falls down the side of it like it's a bridge. But the whole thing is water. And then they go down the side of it and off into the sunset being chased by a bunch of smaller boats because the Leviathan can't make that same move. And then uh, uh, cut to end credits nice. on to treasure number two, everybody. 
Yeah, Pirates this is, Dark this Water. Is, I'm curious to see if if each of the 13 episodes has to do with each of the each of the treasures. Uh, cause that, cause that's pretty cool. I will say I'm also going to read this from the Wikipedia page because it's something that I don't remember, but is hilarious. Uh, basically like there, there used to be interstitials on Cartoon Network. I don't know if they still do them, but, uh, that like, I guess there were some unaired episodes of, of Pirates of Dark Water, or at least they said there were. And so Cartoon Network used to do these interstitial parodies. And there would be like a viewer question and Cartoon Network would answer it in a funny way. And so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. So I guess viewers would write in and say, can we see, can we please see the unaired episodes? And then Cartoon Network would say, yeah, we have them on tape. And then they would say, here we are. And it would cut to them and it would show instead of the episode, it would show a footage of a kitten lapping milk. And they would say, ah, someone taped over it. <laughs> that's I mean, funny. that's a good like, bit I, that's a funny that's bit. A good bit i like those bit those those interstitials were very very fun because they were always updating them yeah. they never got stale because like every week they'd make a crop of new ones yeah that would be uh, a fun job writing those interstitials good job cartoon network uh for a while you were the shit <laughs> uh two of the things that uh uh i made note of during it was that uh there was a whole bit where uh the girl um Tula, Tula. Uh, Tula starts showing off her sailing skills and what like that. She's like leaping around and binding the mains, mizzen and to the halyards and, you know, jumping around. And then uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let that pass. Chen, what were those terms? Uh, the mizzen mast and the uh, bind the halyard, uh, both of and which I hate- believe I took from Moana. Uh, the sequence okay. where <laughs> Maui's like, I'm not even this, sure those were the actual terms you said, but I'm going to give you full credit for them. <laughs> um, I think you just made up a bunch of words and hope nobody would notice. That's what I think just happened. Yeah, if only the internet existed. Um, Pity it, it doesn't. There's a bit where uh, Ayaz is like, uh, what does a serving wench know of sailing? And then she goes off and does all this cool shit, which I was like, oh, this is awesome. Until she gets to the last bit and starts cranking but she cranks, I don't know any other way to say this, like a girl. There's a crank. <laughs> she's holding with one arm. Her other arm is sort of held out, sort of like a pinky finger when you're uh, uh, drinking tea. But she's just cranking it with one arm. Like, wait, what the hell was that? You're like flipping around like a ma- master salesman. And all of a sudden at the end there, you're just like. The other thing was that. There was a, an extensive conversation between Ren and Bloth uh, as Ren uh, and the ship have gone over those falls and are now at least half a mile away. They're still talking at normal volume, and yet both of them yes. can hear each other perfectly clearly as yes. if they were in an episode of G.I. Joe. I, I, I didn't write it down, but I had that same thought. And this is the same, this is GI Joe where the pilot is flying at a thousand yards above everyone's head, talking normal volume to people on the ground <laughs> on the other team. I, I'm yes. Crazy. Chan, thank you for saying that. I would have been mad had it not been brought up in this episode. <laughs> I love that shit. I want more of that shit everywhere. It's delightful. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And that's Pirates of Dark Water. Pirates of Dark Guys, Water. we watched a cartoon from the 80s and 90s. Not from the 80s at all. Guys, can I finish a goddamn sentence? No, not when you're wrong. We, we need finished to, we a need show to fight from the- 
misinformation. Yeah, you need a second white guy to be able to get that shit through. Y'all, the theme of the show is we watch cartoons from the 80s and 90s. So the full sentence goes, hey, y'all, we watched a cartoon show from the 80s and 90s and we didn't hate it. It still makes no sense. You can, yeah, you can, you how can, does that not make sense? It's decades, the literal man. theme of the show. Chan, do you want to uh, explain why that sentence that Ray just said <laughs> makes no sense? It makes more sense if it was written out. If you were able to put 80s and 90s in quotes so that we understood that this was a separate uh, entity. a, uh, a You still said we it's... watched a cartoon yeah. from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. As if it were straddling two decades, when in fact yes. it was entirely within the 90s. Uh, the literal theme of the show. I'm not even going to get into it. My <laughs> no, goodness. You're, y'all you're y'all got that hair trigger right this. now. You worded it wrong. Like, I understand your intent, but the wording was incorrect. And it needed to be called out before the sentence could be completed. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Just to be clear, we couldn't have let it pass until I had finished uh, five more words. But you finished the, the sentence internet, and it still made no sense. Yeah. So Everybody we at home knows exactly you. what I was talking about. Nobody thinks I, that was weird. I'm going to pro- hashtag okay, folks are, at home. There are three of us. Two of us think it's weird. That's not nobody. This people you, at home. Unless people you, at home. You hashtag, I understood what Ray was saying, or hashtag, cut him off. Those are your two choices. Uh, we need representation for the grammar pedants out there, and I feel like there are more of us than there are of you. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree I with think that. there are more of they than there were of us. Uh, but yeah, we all, all three of us liked this, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like when it came out, it was really breaking new ground and people were super excited about it. Uh, 30 years later, it's still good. Uh, obviously we've gone so much further past it that, you know, you're like, all right, fine. You know, like some people get thrown in lava in a kid's cartoon, big deal. Um, so like yeah yeah it's it's still good it's it's not revolutionary anymore and it'd be interesting to see if uh like if you did like a new thing would let would you try and push that sort of like let's take it further or you do you want to do like a throwback thing where you're leaning into like the swashbuckliness of it or maybe like the you know the biomechanical aesthetic of it so it just has its own flavor I don't know. There's a lot of different ways. Uh, it's it's pretty neat, pretty good. I think there was a lot of stuff done in this cartoon that still isn't really done. I mean, the whole idea of meeting somebody who turns out to be a fire breathing dragon guy, yeah. you know, having, you know, having the, the bird guy be in like multiple scenes and he's implied to be just sort of like a pet. And then he has a whole personality because he's just a guy. I mean, I thought yeah. they did a lot of really neat stuff, you know, the stealing of the boat. <laughs> I mean, you know, and having the very, and I love it. And you all said it perfectly. And and the idea of being that you have basically this Captain America, I want to make the world around me better character. You surround him with, uh, to what Gina said, a bunch of morally gray individuals. So part of the game of the show is not just will they get the treasures, but by the time they get all the treasures, which side is going to influence the other more, if at all. And and will we still be in the same, you know, uh, a personality structure when we complete the quest or will we affect each other along the way? And I think that there are some very, very excellent things happening here. I don't know that it necessarily needs to what Chan just said. 
to get like updated, take it further. I mean, to me, if you were to try to take this further, you end up with Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually gonna say like, oh, I like, I guess I think Chan is right that like if you put it up against a really great 2022 cartoon, it might not stack up. But then my mind went to Masters of the Universe, and I was yeah. like, no, you know what? It, it stacks up uh, against <laughs> that. Yeah, but I, but I will also say like I have, I have also watched episode two. And okay. once they don't have to like do the heavy lifting of exposition that every pilot has to do, it soars. Like it's huh. it's just like cool adventuring. So I'm I think I'm gonna continue watching it and and yeah. and I'm stoked because it's clear from just these even these small Wikipedia entries about like the ship and stuff that they put a lot of thought into the mythology of it. It's not just a slapped together masters of the universe, if you will. Um, <laughs> instead it's actually gonna, like a thought out thing of okay how do we get from he needs to save the realm with these with these 13 gemstones uh to to the end of it so so yeah i'm stoked to to watch the rest of it uh, and also speaking of uh master of the universe uh this still holds if any uh, uh television critic who gave a thumbs up to that thing and it's part of the 92 percent 92 percent who thought on rotten tomatoes i thought it was good would like to meet me out in the back alley <laughs> to a goddamn lesson for lowering the level of discourse with your nonsense i will Chan. fight you i Chan. will fight you don't yeah, you I want will, i will say chan will fight you i will i will debate you i will i would love to debate you on why you think it's the uh, time you, for talk is done now this begins is, the fistic hostilities this is the point i wanted to say let's find one of these critics let's bring them on the show and then ambush them <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's and just right. have them explain that's- why they like it, and then have you and Chan just annihilate them while I pretend to be a, a, a moderator. Yeah, while well, you just go, oh, oh, <laughs> what? Oh, dip. <laughs> yeah, I'll just turn into Jason from The Good Place, <laughs> Bortles, and then just throw a Molotov cocktail. It'll be great. I kind of would really want to do that, honestly. Did you just call it a Molotov cocktail? I heard that. I heard that. I was going to let this one slide, but you know what? It was pretty funny. Not not today. (laughs) (laughs) It was just the the whitest person thing I've ever heard. Uh, Any of y'all want a Molotov cocktail? You know, when you say things in a hurry like I do, because you're trying to get a lot of thoughts out quickly before they disappear (laughs) into the ether, you know, pronunciation becomes my pronunciation and those words become my own you know i really love that vladimir putin he's a real (laughs) neat guy when frank sinatra sings a song it is eternally his when i say a word incorrectly that word becomes eternally mine (laughs) that is just how it works you're all gonna have to get over it gracious me and to be fair if you thought that we talked a lot after we finished watching it about deke era gi joe and we did Masters of the Universe Revelation has become the new touchstone that we're going to be bringing back <laughs> over. I really think this show affected us and, and maybe maybe in its own way cleansed the Deke palette a little bit and that made us just forget about that heinousness and replaced it with this other heinousness <laughs> that is now fresher. Uh, I think that that's, that's fair. And I think that's wonderful. Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> 
Yeah, good show, everybody. That is uh, uh, any final thoughts? I think we that well, those were our final thoughts, right? Do we have anything more we want to add to this before we wrap it up? It's time no. to go. It's been four and a half hours. <laughs> it's just one of those. I thought. Now here's the deal. I was shocked when I saw that our Masters of the Universe Revelation episode ten episode was over an hour and a half long. It was because of my ranting. You can say it. <laughs> I I don't think it was just you, but it helped. I think for sure. I think we had 40 minutes of episode that extended out to longer than it's double its original length because of the ranting. Uh, I think this time it was just because we were piling on Ray, which honestly we should be doing every episode. So... I mean, this is where the people, why the people show up. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we get people returning for more is how can Ray possibly finish a sentence? <laughs> In this hall. That's what people want to know. Here's the thing. You started out with wrong facts and you continued Uh, with them. So by the time we got to the end of the episode, you had lost all semblance of of like we were not going to give you the reasonable doubt. I had had nothing left and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know for a fact it's what people enjoy to hear. And so I am happy to uh, play along. Uh-huh. And pretend like I did it on purpose, <laughs> but everyone knows better than to believe that. <laughs> Social media for the show. You can check us out online at uh, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. If you want to hear, if you're new to the show and you'd like to hear like, I don't know, 460 episodes <laughs> of this show or something to that effect at this point. So many of these <laughs> seven years, everybody. Seven years, often doing two episodes a week for a few of those early years will add up. We'll add up over seven plus years. We just had our seventh birthday earlier this month. Thank you to everybody who remembered. Uh, it's July 4th. I literally started the show on July 4th so everyone would remember. <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow I, I managed to forget. I did year. too. I did too this year. I, I usually remember, but this year it was like July 4th. I started seeing happy anniversary knowing it's half the podcast. I was like, oh yeah, I did make that smart call seven years ago and then forgot I did it. But and again, that's that's par for the course when it comes to me. Patreon.com slash knowing it's half the podcast. Five bucks a month. You support the show. You, you like what we do. You, you like us, God willing, and you want to be a part of it and, and have access to all that stuff. Uh, that's absolutely outstanding. And on Patreon-only episodes, we are working on a, doing another one. Uh, we'd love some suggestions from the people at home. Send them over. We'd love to see it. We'll do the thing. Uh, you should check out Reclaim Detroit. That show's coming out real soon. Reclaim Detroit, a vampire, the masquerade audio drama. Find it wherever you podcast. If you search Reclaim Detroit, my cool red backdrop with the statue with the fangs and the blood, you will see it. Uh, subscribe to it. Check out the show. I really think uh, it's really good. Uh, despite what you might feel uh, based on um, uh, how I present myself on this show. I think it came together exceptionally well. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of very talented people, myself aside, who have made this thing uh, really, really excellent. And and I really want to share it with the world. So please check it out. Give us a five-star review. Like, let's just try to get the show out there and let's see where we can take it. I, I feel like, I feel like if we put it in front of people, they're going to enjoy it. So there's my pitch. You can check us out uh, on Twitter at G.I. Joe uh, podcast or individually. I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at Vampire Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at Gina Ippy. You know, I was debating putting at Vampire Detroit in there. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, Reclaim Detroit. Uh, But Chan did it for me. And Chan, that's why I like this guy. Look, I'm not going to pimp this show until the episode that I'm on airs. So that's that's all you're going to get from me. 
episode two for the record, and you just did the thing you said you wouldn't do. I mean, that was just for the uh, uh, the music, which I've heard, and it's dope as hell. So uh, uh, it's excellent. We have a real violinist. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you don't know, that's that's a thing. Yeah, if you want to get violated, that's that's what you need to be listening to. Vi- violin, violin, Chad, Vi- violin. No, that's what it is. A, a person Vi- who plays violin is a violator. Oh, like Spawn. Yeah. Yeah, did you not know that that character plays violin? I did not. Was that not obvious? It should have been. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Todd McFarlane's a shit writer. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.